Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The campaign is Horror on the Orient Express. It's available from Chaosium. I'm the Keeper of the Secrets, and this is episode 16. Our recap will be given by John Hook as his character, Dr. Edison York. But before we begin, we do have a new patron, Ulf Henriksen has pledged 10 Swedish kroner to our club. Thank you so much, Ulf. So without any further delay, let's begin our journey into the darkness. John? <sighs> I think I shall pen a letter to my cousin, Jerry. 14 January, 1923. Dear Jerry, I hope this letter finds you well. I'm writing to you aboard the orient express we are ultimately bound for constantinople but soon we're to arrive in lausanne switzerland this has been anything but the advertised relaxing pleasure voyage as you recall i and my traveling companions doctors dorian dobrowski uh, roland kurtz gabriel neruda uh, also, the talented illusionist Gunther Block and the infamous big game hunter Theodore Thursby III, we were all enlisted by our patron, uh, Professor Sinjin Smythe, to seek out the parts of something known as the Sedefkar Simulacrum. It is quite unbelievable to think of such a a thing, but trust me when I say it is real and quite terrifying. In a previous letter, you'll recall that I said that uh, Professor Smythe was attacked and horribly burned by ruffians, and thus I and my companions were enlisted because the thought was that they do not know of us and we should be able to travel incognito. I'm afraid that that has already become a moot point as we've already had some uh, confrontations with those who also seek this foul simulacrum. We were able to find one piece, a left arm just outside of Paris. It is quite the maddening piece and it's difficult to be near it. I don't know how we will survive this entire ordeal, but we will give it our best for sure. It's very strange. Professor Smythe had uh, previous encounters with these people years ago. We read about it in a journal that he kept where they battled and, and tried to destroy something known as the blood red fez a horrible, horrible device that could disfigure and bring demonic creatures to life and, and horribly transform someone of a weak mind into that creature. It was, the tales were too hard to believe, but I have to believe that they are real. I will try and stay in touch as we travel along the, uh, the Orient Express and keep you posted on, on, on my whereabouts. Pray for me and hope that I stay safe. 
yours, Edison. Excellent. Okay. So it's lunchtime. Um, you're all dining together in the dining car of the Orient Express. You have about one hour before you arrive in Lausanne. What would you guys like to do? You've just finished reading the journals. I, for one, feel a, a bit less appetized after hearing this tale of the last expedition Smythe sent out to do uh, salvational work on the continent. I know what you mean. <laughs> it's, uh, well, I don't think I can eat anything now. <laughs> I can't help but to wonder if these are connected by any means, uh, two fantastical relics of, of uh, devious nature. I, I assume there's some, there's got to be some relevance to But they both, they both originate in Constantinople, both this blood red fez and the Sedefgar simulacrum. Yes, also, uh, have we not heard in, in, in modern times also of this uh, skinless cult? Yeah, they uh, yeah. they were doing it there in London, and they were having that a uh, show of a uh, skinless show. But I don't think that was tied to the cult. But yes, we've heard of the the skinless one. Mm. It yeah, so that, that cult mentioned in this journal back in 1893 is apparently still operational to this day. They attack Smythe um, after all this time. This uh, the Solomon. Solomon the Red. Uh, yes, our predecessors were assisted slightly by those mad monastics, and now it seems they have survived and become more virulent. And given the uh, degree to which they terrified those sort of 30 odd years ago, I hope we can stay at least a few steps ahead of them. I don't want to meet that sort as a descendants. Mm -hmm. Only hope we stay <laughs> at least one step ahead. I prefer at least three. I wonder if uh, that Frenchman that that the uh, they it took a bit to get a meeting to. If he was, I mean, he was a uh, libertine, and the uh, French estate we dug out. Apparently, he was also had had unholy uh, app appetites for his pleasure. I wonder if they were. He was a descendant of him, or? Mm. Interesting, yes. We don't really understand how the... Maybe a disciple. Oh, yeah. Oh. We don't understand I... how the simulacrum has been broken up and why it has landed the pieces where they are. I know. I think, I think the Frenchman mentioned in the journal, his hedonism... Is of a different sort of the uh, the sadism exhibited by the by the count. Oh, yes, I think that the uh, that that painter, I think his little uh, sub his experiments with the unnatural ended with him, but uh, but I'm not sure that the count didn't have some connection. Even if, if perhaps a rough one to Suleiman the Red and his uh, worshippers. 
because there is that theme of removing the tissues of the dead or even the living. Hmm. Uh, one thing with reading this journal, it's kind of opened my mind up a little bit and maybe I should be a bit more forthcoming with the rest of you. Um, I know me and Theo are a little bit more of a clique, but we're 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 companions, and I don't. I feel like we need to work together uh, for sure, especially oh. if things are going to get dangerous. Maybe I, I who knows? We we've got this, we've got things going on, and uh, we could do with more friends, I guess. Well, what are you what are you trying to say, man? You know what I am trying to say. I am trying to say that I will allow you to have a look. <laughs> well, bef- uh, before before you do this, uh, I I agree with you, uh, Dorian, that that we should be more forthcoming and, and sharing knowledge. But be forewarned, uh, that that limb uh, affects you. It, it gets in your mind. It, it stays with you. You are changed after being with it. Um, and I fear, especially after reading the journals of the 1890s, uh, there could, there could be a point of no return. And I, I want to, I'm, I'm fearful of everyone going down that rabbit hole. It, it might be wise to I, keep a couple of us separated from it. Well, I, I, uh, the, the, the was, problem is, uh, Theodore, I mean, these, I mean, do you, they, they carved um, the skinless one cannot be forgotten into the chest of Smythe. I don't know if ignorance is going to save anybody from these people. I don't think uh, they particularly care. And it's true. Earlier, uh, your concerns, Theodore, is uh, originally why I didn't want to be so forthcoming with the other, with the other four. But I, I feel we're beyond this. After reading, the, I, I don't think we should hide. It's not. It doesn't matter how dangerous we are in this together, and we need to move on. Uh, my stubbornness and everything is needs to be left behind. We need to perhaps, come more together. Perhaps at least we need not be paternal with one another about what we know. But that does not mean we need to expose ourselves unnecessarily. It is like the, uh, the Madame Curie and her entire family getting all the radiation everywhere all the time. You can choose who faces what risk. I, I will be the keeper of this thing for now anyway. Mm. Uh, now we must decide uh, how we will approach this uh, Wellington. Uh, do we think, based on his polite letter to uh, Dr. Orléans, that he is to be trusted? Do we tell him that we have the artifact? Or oh, no, I, I no, we caution. We, 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 we shouldn't tell him that we have the artifact, but I mean, talking. Um, Claiming to be reason, I mean, I have the guise of you know being a professor of theology with Miskatonic that I've been using quite extensively as a 
excuse to be looking into these things. Um, could say that we heard that he was researching religious artifacts from the Near East. Uh, I am oh. an archaeologist as well. So. I suppose when we get to Lausanne, we should find out from neighbors and whatnot uh, what the impression is locally of this Wellington. Presumably, he is an Englishman and not a native of Switzerland. Yes, for uh, sure. So we can learn something about him then. I don't know that it's wise to pretend that we don't know of the letter he sent to Orleans. Oh no! I mean, we could say that's no. how we that's how we learned about him. Yeah, yeah so we can I, say I, we visit we visited Lyon, and he there was nothing on his property. We could lie at that point. No, oh, yeah, we could. We just have to be cautious. Uh, but let well, uh, I just I just with with the, with the behavior of these people towards Smythe, they, they don't they didn't strike me as the letter writing type. No, I, if I don't. Cult, if the cult had identified the, the skinless one, these of the followers of Solomon the Red here thought that the Frenchmen, there, that there was something buried at that house, I think true. that that little family would all be dead. That's true. It, it doesn't match up, but I feel we still need to act cautious. There could be a different party at play as well. We, oh, we I, don't I, know how far this spread. We, we I don't know. totally agree. A, a cult or a group or organization they'll obviously well, we, we can't we can't thugs. be too too cautious because i fear this i mean this man welling is wellington did enough research to identify he got as far as we did uh, uh, yes, but also he has he has what he called what a uh, a scroll or yeah he has a byzantine scroll yeah we want to see this document he has mm-hmm. from ancient byzantium so, so if we're if we're too cautious, some, exactly. Yeah, we have to confide. Be careful with words, I guess. I mean the uh, the simulacrum is uh, a uh, relic of uh, the same area as uh, the Byzantine Empire was. I mean, we could easily go. Hey, you know, we're we're uh, fa- trying interested in returning some of the artifacts to their rightful place and. We've uh, came, came uh, you have, uh, we understand that you have a lead, possible lead where this artifact is. I'm, I'm all for not telling him that we found part of it. Well, I, no, we, I, we I, definitely I do not tell him. I'd be hesitant to say that we have any intentions of returning artifacts to anybody. I think couching it as religious research into obscure religious texts of the Near East, such as the skinless one cult, I mean that feels that feels really? more benign than anything else. Um, religious yeah. archaeo. Because I mean, if he wants these artifacts for himself, and we come out right out the gate and say we want to return them, then he's not going to work with us. But if we just say let's share research in an agreement, um, then he might be more willing to help us. True. Yeah. Have to yeah. pick our words carefully. Certainly, there are many scholars who. Uh, are as, or uh, rather collectors who are as dangerous as some cultists when they have a passion for objects of antiquity and the like. Uh, yes, I mean, especially if they are convinced that such objects contain immense amounts of power. I mean, we we saw, we all saw the roses. Mm. the the infliction the the affliction of the that family from that thing being buried beneath them through the soil so 
just one part of it we know has carries power and even without evidence of power the belief in power will drive men to do da- to do dangerous things perhaps we can say to him that we uh, are on the same path of finding these objects but have so far run cold. However, we knew enough that this Dr. Orléans suggested we reach out to him, which is effectively true. We just leave out one one purple arm. Yeah, one 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 digging yeah. one purple arm. We do not tell. Also, if uh, things go very badly, we can point out that there is a mad group of uh, Ottomans who will flay people who have information that they want. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> that might induce him to part ways with it. A good old scare tactic. <laughs> uh, the conductor uh, comes into the room and he's passing through and he says, next stop, Lazan. Ah, thank you. Okay. Uh, we did not prepare accommodations. Is that correct? No. How long Actually, is the way I over? Think, I think that you did say that you were going to call ahead when you were back uh, in the see, other. The you didn't hotel. actually tell me which hotel you wanted. Hotel Cecile, the Hotel Central, I see, in Lausanne. Do we believe another piece is in Lausanne? Are we meeting someone in Lausanne? I think only that I think that here's the text that tells us where to look for more or something of this. We kind. we we intend to meet Wellington in Lausanne, but he doesn't know that we're coming. Right. I suppose you also have it in your original text from Dr. Smy that we don't know how to destroy the thing. That it's probably in the Sedevkar scrolls. And this gets scrolls. This might be one of those. This is what we are hoping. Yes. yes. I suppose it is uh, simplest to stay uh, at the central hotel uh, from which we can reach the museum and library fairly reasonably. Does it have a nice swimming pool? <laughs> <laughs> We didn't really get to use the swimming pool last time, so I took it in there. Every... Let's see, the best hotel. That's all you care about, Fyodor. Your luxuries. I mean, if if you want luxury, there's the uh, Lausanne Palace, the Beau, the uh, Beau Rivage Palace. The Beau Rivage is the best hotel in the city. It's a little bit south of the city, just two miles. Yeah, that's inconvenient. We need cars all the time. Okay, yeah, yeah well, within the city, but nice, nice within the city. All right, so you'll pick one of the better ones. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so you've informed the stewards, so they're getting your luggage ready. Um, however, uh, Dr. Dorian, do you want to take care of a certain piece of luggage yourself? Uh, yes, I will handle, I, I will always handle that myself. And any future pieces we get. And I also, I'll stay close. I'll kind of like flank and, and always kind of keep side by side with Dorian. 
So as always, the efficiency of the Orient Express is is extremely good. Um, we pull into the station. Uh, you can see it's a fairly busy station. Um, it's 1.40 in the afternoon. Um, your luggage is uh, offloaded and sent to the hotel uh, where it's received and it's put into your rooms almost before you get there. So I mean, we'll just say you're, you're getting off the train in Lausanne. Um, uh, you get a wave from Caterina Cavallaro. She's, of oh. course, not getting off in Lausanne. Yes. I, I uh, give her a, oh, Dr. Norian, no. <laughs> I'm the one that can blow. <laughs> I, I snuck you to it on purpose. Like, oh, no. come, come and see me in Milan. Inter Milan, madam. We'll be there. Hey, Gu- hey Gunto, what a beautiful lady. Yes, yes. I, yes. I give you a little a tap on the shoulder. Yeah. I'm only joking, Gunto. She's all yours. Ah, thank you. Okay, you've chosen a, a hotel that's kind of in the center of the, the, the city. Did you want to do anything before you go to the hotel? Uh, how far, go ahead. I was going to say, how far uh, the address that we have for uh, Wellington, 50 Rue, Montague? The town's far, not wh- particularly large. Mm-hmm. Um, you could probably walk through most of the town in a couple of hours. So mm-hmm. it's not going to be that. Uh, there's a lot of, there's there's not as many major streets. There's a few major streets where there are some cars and vehicles. But for the and, most part, most of it's an old village, so there's a lot of little windy oh. um, and it has, a, it has cable cars. Yeah, mm. cable cars. Mm. Um, well, I was wondering if like, we could get a feel for, like, is he living in the nicer part of town or more of a rundown? Uh, Rue Saint-Étienne is kind of in the, uh, you know, mercantile area. Okay. Which mm-hmm. might on, lead you to believe that it might be an apartment above a shop. Mm-hmm. Isn't Wellington on Rue Maubourg? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no. Did I change something? Forgot. Rue Saint-Étienne, it should be. The letter says 50 Rue Maubourg. All right, we'll make it, it doesn't that. Matter. <laughs> I must have changed it for some reason. Hmm. Okay. But still a mercantile area. Yeah. yeah. Mercantile area. Okay. Uh, no, I want to, uh, you know, put the things away from the baggage and, and wash up before we go out. There's also okay. uh, one of the reasons I like the Central Hotel is because it is near a casino. So if uh, I have a little time to kill. Play some Baccarat. Mm-hmm. Not bad with the cards also. Yeah. And how far away is the uh, um, Arlond Museum, the art museum from uh, from the hotel? Well, let's see. Back to I don't map. know what size these blocks are, but it's on the other side of the center. Arlond, which is seven. You're at, uh, which hotel did you choose then? Uh, central central uh, yeah, it's, it's a not... few blocks over 
Oh, I see. I see. I see. I see. So I suppose the polite thing to do is make ourselves uh, settle ourselves in and perhaps uh, telephone or cable this uh, Wellington and say we have uh, spoken. We have visited with Dr. Lorient and. Uh, who think we have uh, interests in common is uh, and perhaps invite him to come into the city to meet us or yeah. if he's if it's if it's not downtown himself yeah i think i think maybe uh invite him for a a meal that way we're not going to his house walking into the unknown and also it's, it's less strange to say come and join us at dinner we are um, so many people rather than Allow right. this group to come and attack yeah, your keep, home. Keep me out of uh, the invitation just so we can maybe have one or two people that is, is not seen at this event. Maybe ask him to join four of us. Certainly, yeah. I think, uh, Naruto, you have suggested you reasonably have things in common. Yes, I, I, I would. I am fine meeting uh, Mr. Wellington, I believe. Um, so at least Naruto and Dabrowski should meet with him. Mm -hmm. uh, in Switzerland, they speak German, correct? And French and Italian, yeah, depending, yeah. Okay. All right. So. We? And English. Oh, so all kinds. <laughs> so, I, uh, I speak German, so I could easily uh, come along if you needed someone. <laughs> I, I also have German. I also speak German. And I think they have their own kind of quirky dialect of German. Yeah. Too, but honestly, Gunther and I would find you. the Schweitzer's Deutsch very funny. Yeah, very so I, I agree with uh, <laughs> Roland. There, we should, probably shouldn't have a huge gang showing up to uh, meet with them. So, uh, Theodore, if you're uh, looking to maybe kind of hang back or or uh, do something else, um, I'm sure we could catch a cable car from the hotel over to the art museum to uh, check that out if you want to go. That sounds splendid. Dr. York, I'd love to. We shall do that. <laughs> yeah, we can ask the hotel concierge for a suggestion for a place to meet for a late lunch or early tea time sort of arrangement if this Wellington is available. Okay. Yeah. So um, all of those things can fairly easily be arranged, but the one that I'd like to know is what exactly do you need to uh, with uh, Wellington. I'll send him a, I don't know, a message. I don't know if like a telegram or just like a local courier would be best, I think. This is something the concierge also perhaps can advise. Mm -hmm. Sure. So yeah, so the best way to just get a message rapidly across the city is what we'll do. Um, but I'll just send a cable. I'm just introducing myself as, um, you know, Gabriel Neruda, PhD, Miskatonic. University. I'm visiting Europe, researching um, obscure religious cults in the Near East. Um, I met a I met a doctor. I met Dr. Laureen in in Paris with um, with regards to an artifact affiliated with one of these um, cults, and he recommended that I contact you. Um, would you be willing to meet at X restaurant? Um, okay. Just very friendly, very. And you're sending it by academic. By just. Delivery boy. Yep. All right. Um, so um, you send that out, and then obviously you have the rest of the day. 
Um, you can look around a bit. Uh, you mentioned going to the museum. Um, does anybody anybody want to do anything else? I wouldn't mind going to see the cathedral. According to the traveler's guide, it's supposed to be quite lovely. Okay. It's a big old oh, Gothic cathedral. Oh, yeah. Cathedral. Well, that's right across from the, uh, from the museum. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Heck, we could probably go with you then on our way. Oh, well, you'd be more than, uh, more than, well, you'd be wonderfully welcome. Yeah. Maybe you could show me another trick or two on the camera, taking a picture or two of that cathedral. Oh, yeah, out the rose window, if they allow me to. Uh, okay, well, I'll give you one of two things. When you get to the museum, uh, it's also a library. Um, it's very beautiful. They have a huge collection of Oddly enough, conch shells um, mm. that were collected by some scientists at one point. And uh, they have um, 120,000 books in their collection. Um, but for the most part, it's just a museum that's interesting, you know, some local stuff. And um, the cathedral is uh, dedicated to the mother of God. It's uh, the Notre Dame Cathedral. It was built in 1235, and it was consecrated by Pope Gregory the Tenth. Um, and there is an interesting statue. It seems to be rather prominent in front of the church. It seems to be a, a very famous like town hero uh, Otto the grandson, and it's a fairly large statue. Uh, he was killed in a duel in 1398. Uh, and the odd thing about the statue is its hands are missing. Hmm. Um, does it look like they were uh, deliberately, you know, cut off or like they broke off? You know how like the Sphinx looks like it's been broken. Yeah, it's probably that they were snapped off accidentally at some time, but nobody knows where they went. Hmm. Or what happened to them. And just like right at the wrist or, you know, yeah, more. Pretty much right at the wrist, both okay. of them. You A lot of times in the case of statuary, things become delicate. And they may be lovely for a thousand years, and then somebody bumps into it. And yeah, like the Venus de Milo, her arms are gone. And, you know, yeah. the David is in danger of shearing in half. Mm. Uh, this statue is uh, marble, bronze. I think it's bronze. Uh oh, I think I'm frozen because everybody else seems. Ah, you're back. You were frozen for just a second. The statue is marble or bronze? It's or? bronze. Yes. Hmm. There's, also, not, there's also a large area where there's very many like, nobles and people like that who were buried you know, in the church. So you've got the big sarcophagi with carved carvings on the tops of them. It's a very beautiful Gothic cathedral. 
probably the best example of Gothic cathedral in, the, in Europe. Wow. Also, I assume it's quite chilly. Yes, it is. It's chilly. There is light snow on the ground. Um, the wind coming off of Lake Geneva is chilly. But uh, people are bundled up and people are mingling about. And there's restaurants and there's cafes and there's... Uh, well, that's right. This is a, a lake town. We're like pretty much on the shore of a lake. Right. Ah, we smoke on the water someday, but it's beautiful. I mean, we could yeah. be staying right on the shore of the lake, but we chose some more central location. Right, let me share this with you. Oh, yes. There it is. Beautiful. Wow. That's the cathedral. That's lovely. There's a... Uh, and there's his street, Ru yes. Ru Very Ru nice. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, good uh, up here. The air is thin, and all those steps. We will have to have hearty breaths. I think maybe I will have oh. a, a sherry at the casino while we wait to see if we get a message back from Miss Wellington. Okay, you sent it from the hotel. So if there's a message that comes back, it'll come back to the hotel. Right. So we could call the hotel and, and liaise with the front desk. Okay, if that's what you want to do. So sometime later, probably a couple of hours later, we'll say it's about four o'clock mm -hmm. in the afternoon. Um, you do find out that you've received a message back from Wellington. Uh, Wellington is very intrigued by your message. Unfortunately, uh, he has a brother who is injured in the war and he can't leave him alone. So he invites you to come to his shop. Oh, how interesting. Is there, if the concierge or something has a phone book, can we find, try to just figure out what the shop is ahead of time if he didn't specify? Is it antiques? Is it books? Is it furniture? Um, carcasses. <laughs> what, what did you say, David? Carcasses. Is it a human carcass shop? Oh. Hmm. As makers, what are they? That, that'll be funny in a minute. Um, you uh, you do look it up, and you find, of course, that, that is also his residence. Um, it corresponds to a taxidermy shop. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wellington Brothers okay. Taxidermy. Mm. Right up my alley. Yeah, so maybe Theodore <laughs> should go. He he fit in perfectly. That's true. Something uh, in common. I for sure have to go here. Also in common with the worshippers of a skinless, skinnier, skinning, flaying cult. Mm. Maybe I stay at the casino or you go and meet this, uh, these brothers. How uh, far? I could take Thursby. I'm, so, I'm so willing to, willing to go. Wonderful. Well, I uh, well, I was willing to go, obviously, with my background, but uh, I can sit out if Block and Thursby want to go. All right. All right. So, so who's going to feel like maybe some gambling? I I want to see if there's any place making good use of our time here to maybe do some research on that, that scroll. Maybe there's something that we could find out publicly. Maybe there's some uh, information somewhere. So I want to 
I want to see if there's any way to do some research here. Okay. Well, there are 120,000 volumes. I shall get started. All right. <laughs> um, One. <laughs> so, Dr. Edison, you go off and you start researching that. Um, go ahead and do me a library ball. Wow. I rolled an ought nine. Uh, so that's going to be a hard success. Okay. So after a couple of solid hours of looking, you don't find anything that even remotely indicates the simulacrum or the scrolls or anything like that. However, on a hard, there is a section in the library that is, um, I'd say it's somewhat restricted, uh, but your credentials sort of get you into there and you're looking through things and you see a lot of odd occult literature, things that are rather rare. And one thing that you see that may be in the back of your mind, maybe because of your association back in, uh, in Arkham, um, you find Unash Brechlich in Kulten by von Schuntz. It's in German. Um, and it's not something that they'll let you check out. <laughs> mm. You want mm -hmm, to peruse mm -hmm. through it? I don't know if I, you speak German. I do not speak German. Um, I have some Latin, but I want to... Is there any way to use a translation book or anything to? Not that you could significantly translate. <laughs> yes, it's not a big town. You can come and get me at the casino before I lose my shirt. Oh, yes. oh I'm me between. I would say you, you I, I also. So we can. Yep. Since, since I can't check it out, I definitely put it back in the wrong spot and kind of tuck it in like, okay, this is where it is. And uh, and I'm going to get a German-speaking friend. Okay. So you're off to do that. So now, um, those of you who are going to see uh, are, that are... Uh, what are you... You're going to go see Wellington. Yes. All right. So you, you travel to uh, the, the street in question. And you, you know, there's a lot of shops. There's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, apartments above the shops and so forth. And in this case, it's basically a two-story building, rather quaint. There's an old sign hanging in front of it that says uh, Wellington Brothers Taxidermy. Um, the windows, uh, there's like not a display. There's a large display window there's nothing in it, and it's got heavy, like, red curtains that have sort of blocked the way. You also mm. see that there's a, an hours of operation sign, and it is closed on Sundays. But you also know it's a residence because you can see lights on upstairs, and he's expecting you. Right. Go up and uh, 
ring the bell. Okay. You ring the bell, and for a few moments, you don't hear anything, and then you can hear footsteps approaching. And um, the curtain draws back just a little bit as he looks out and sees you and smiles. And he comes over, and he unlocks the door, and he opens it up. He says, ah, so you've come. Please come inside, please. Oh, thank you. Now, when you step inside, um, it's a taxidermy shop. So there are uh, interesting stuffed animals, uh, not stuffed animals, but animals stuffed that have been animals. stuffed uh, <laughs> here and there. Um, some of them are exquisite. Some of them, the, the workmanship on them is fine. There's also a number of large vases filled with lavender flowers. So the whole room sort of smells like lavender. But oh, if you if man. you carefully smell, you do think you can smell a little bit of decay, a little bit of formaldehyde in the air, which mm -hmm. you kind of expect. How, how do the mounts look? Like from my experience dealing with museums all the time, do, do they look like they're good? Like they're- Oh yeah, on, they're, they're top game? quality, yeah. Oh, so this isn't, they're just- this isn't like a cover. They're actually right. Adult. You can see that a good many of them are um, hunting trophies. Obviously, people bring their whatever animal. You know, there's woods up in. The, yeah, in these the are field. lovely mounts. The shoulder mounts, the trophy mounts. Well, thank you very much. Uh, Do you I, I use very hard? Are Are you uh, using internal armature and and wire? rigging within them or indeed i can show you the shop if you're interested um Fantastic. you can see we also have a selection in this case over here we have a selection of you know uh, what do i want to say Ex uh, things to uh alter the animal if you want uh different colored eyes and and so forth and there's like an array of glass hmm. eyes and well um, perhaps uh this uh, this old stuffy academic should get talking before uh, you and the hunter get too carried. Oh, yes, away. yes, come inside, make, make yourselves warm. <laughs> oh, thank uh, you. uh, and uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of these things that you see. You also notice towards the back, as he sort of moves you kind of into the shop. Um, there's a big old bear that's uh, that's been mounted, standing like a you know big big large bear. Um, it looks a little damaged. And he mentions that, you know, one of his customers brought this in and it needs to be repaired. And mm. they're, they're working on, on making repairs. Uh, so now what is it that you, uh, that you were interested in? You said uh, you spoke to the Lauriens in Paris, in, the, in the Poissy. Yes, I've been doing some, some research along with the, as part of my studies here um, on behalf of Miskatonic University um, regarding obscure and small uh, religious cults in the Near East. And um, I've been trying to follow a few, few leads about a, a handful or so. And we came across one that revolves around an artifact, um, the Sedefgar Simulacrum. And some digging led us to Lorien, but he directed us to, uh, to you, because he, he well, showed us I'd, your letter. I'd be interested to know if you found out anything more. I, um, I'd i never heard of the simulacrum myself. 
Um, I had an old scroll, uh, something that I purchased during the war. I was towards the end of the war. There were a lot of people who had at one time been wealthy and that they had, you know, lost a lot during the war. And um, this particular man was kind of in need and I had some money. So I, uh, you know, I gave him food and rations and, and some money and he gave me the scroll. Um, uh, and I've had it for quite a long time. I knew that it might be valuable, but I, I never really knew what it said. It, oh. uh, it seems to be written in uh, uh, probably Arabic or Persian or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, rather than stand in here, why don't we go upstairs? I'll, uh, I'll make some tea. We can sit around the table. Oh, excellent. That's wonderful. Let's see. So he leads you up the stairs and into now you can see upstairs it's it's basically a, an apartment. It looks like a two bedroom apartment with uh, a little kitchenette and uh, a little kitchen, little living space. He takes you into the kitchenette, and sets you down, and um, he puts some tea on. Uh, everybody, do a listen roll. Ah, oh, 002. Boom. Oh, that beats my 47, which is a failure. Yeah, I failed. Mm -hmm. So he he start he's conversing with you. Uh when the when the tea whistle starts whistling, um you distinctly think that you hear a noise downstairs. Um, hmm. but it's like maybe somebody moving around down there um it's not just the shop you know that there's workrooms in the back and stuff like that anyways uh i'll, I'll make note of it is is somebody downstairs Do you have some uh, oh it's william my it's william my brother um, oh, okay. he's just in the workshop he'll he hears the tea he's going to come up for tea okay and he sort of leans in and says don't be alarmed he's uh he was seriously injured in the war. Uh, oh, what the, side? Uh, shrapnel took part of his face, and this is uh, he can't speak. Oh, he lost some of the nerves uh, in his face. So if his facial expressions frighten you, it's just he can't help his face. Yeah, I'm so. Uh, so, um. Uh, I, ha I haven't been able to decipher the scroll. Of course, I have no working knowledge of Persian. Um, uh, but the last thing I know is that this statue uh, was supposedly owned by some uh, Viscount in France. Mm -hmm. And you seem to, where, did you find anything when you were there? No, no, unfortunately. Um, Just some articles about him. Uh, but it seemed like uh, the town tried to forget him. Like he was a uh, something they were ashamed of. Was, was it an old, still an old manor house? Uh, it was, uh, 
No, or, uh, no, it was uh, the the family that lived there. Uh, they it was a, a newer a newer house. Now, from what I understand, most of the stuff got most of the nobles' homes were destroyed during the revolution. And yeah, oh. there there there's some evidence in the historical records uh, in Paris um, that the property was well. Burned. That's that's about as far as my knowledge came. I, uh, you know, uh, it's just a big dead end. It was it was rather uh, rather a long shot. Anyway, oh. um, well, have you always been a, a been a man of uh, academic curiosity? No, not really. Um, I uh, I became somewhat interested in the occult uh, following the war. Um, there were things that uh, I don't know if any of you were in the war, but there were things that I saw that disturbed me greatly. Uh, and, I, I, uh, I was. I, I fought on the Western Front. Hmm. Uh, I was. Um, you see, I used to live. Uh, I used to live in England. Um, that's where I was born and raised. But after the war. No one in my family could quite understand what I had gone through, and life there became just unbearable. So my brother and I moved here, at least to try to find some sort of peace. And uh, I've been taking care of him. He's he's not altogether there. Um, but... Uh, now we are coming to a bit of you know difficulty in our lives as financially mm. so if you were if you were interested in uh, purchasing the scroll i would certainly be willing to uh, part with it mm. oh well that would be i mean as far as my my research endeavors are concerned that'd be a, a great boon um, well I, I'm afraid that it is extremely rare, one of a kind. Um, I'd have to have to ask um, somewhere in the neighborhood of, uh, let's say, uh, 250 pounds sterling. Uh, that's about uh, $1,250. Um, and as he says that, you hear uh, uh, the, the bell ring downstairs, mm -hmm. same doorbell. And he's like, that is, uh, excuse me for a moment. Mm, and uh, he uh, he goes downstairs. Just be Theodore. 250 pounds. Oof. Theodore, are you armed? Yes. Okay. I, I'm going to sort not, of. Not, not that we're going to rob this guy. Just, oh, yeah. I, it wasn't. <laughs> I, I don't know how many visitors this man usually receives, and we might have a problem. I'd like to step to the door that's going to the staircase down towards the front door. Can can I see the front door from the top of the stairs? Well, you wouldn't be able to. But before that happens, as you're moving in that direction, you hear a rather heavy footfall uh, at the base of the stairs and starting to come up. And um, coming up the stairs is a rather large man. Uh, he 
he doesn't have a, a, I wouldn't say he has a full head of hair. I would say that he has large patches on his skull that are bald, but he does have some longer stringy hair in places. Um, You can definitely see that there are large scars on his skull. And as he comes up, he looks up at you and you get a very strange sort of feeling because his eyes are wide and unblinking. Um, He has some rather, you know, prominent and hideous scars going across his face and across his throat. Mm. And um, his hands seem to have some stuff on them. You know, they're not clean at the moment. Um, And he comes upstairs and he looks at you, uh, but he doesn't look around. He looks at you as he comes up the stairs and just moves past you. And uh, he goes over towards the sink and washes his hands. And he turns back around and it's still that sort of blank stare uh, that he looks at you. He walks over to a, a place on a shelf and he pulls out like some scraps of paper and a pen. Uh, he pours himself a cup of tea and he sits down at the opposite side of the table from where you guys are. And um, he writes something on the paper and uh, he holds it up to you. Mr. Wellington? Yeah, it, it is afternoon. Uh, and a good afternoon to you. He writes again and holds up. Yes, yes, you, you are correct. Yes, we're, we're uh, visiting your, your brother. He invited us. Uh, I am, I am uh, Dr. Neruda with Miskatonic University. Uh, my, I, I am Gunter, Gunter Block uh, of America. Uh, Theodore Thursby III, or Teddy. Love your shop. Big fan of the work. You notice that as he looks at each of you, he doesn't move his eyes. He has to turn his head to look at you. Mm-hmm. His eyes are apparently fixed in place in his skull. Mm-hmm. He uh, writes another. This is Lozan, as in. Ah. Yes. Yes, we uh we heard that that you were in the war and that you uh you were injured. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. About that time you start to hear somebody else. You 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 think you can hear talking downstairs for a few seconds and then you hear footsteps. Sounds like two sets of footsteps coming to the the bottom of the stairs. It's all wooden floor, so you can hear that sound. And starting to come up. Uh, Edgar comes up first. Uh, What what are you doing, Theodore? I'll stay standing and back towards the wall. 
Okay. So my back's towards the wall. I'm not sitting away from the door and I'm sort of facing towards the door. So Edgar comes back up the stairs and right behind him is a gentleman. Um, I'd, I guess you'd say he's a bit fat, um, but extremely well-dressed in a, in a suit um, and a, probably an Italian suit. Uh, he has black hair, very nicely coiffed on his head. He has a little mustache and so forth. And uh, he comes up behind uh, Wellington. Um, Edgar says, uh, oh, uh, it, we're very fortunate. Um, uh, my good friend, uh, the Duke uh, jean Florissant de Sassante, uh has come to visit for apparently no reason. Um, and this oh. gentleman comes up. Uh, he looks aristocratic. Um, uh, he comes upstairs and he says, well, now we have an opportunity. Uh, uh, the Duke has also been expressed his interest in the scroll. Mm. And uh, the Duke said, the Duke looks at you kind of a little bit indifferently. And he says, yes, but we, we, we will have to see the scroll first. Of course. We uh, have to uh, judge if it's, if it's worth the uh, amount, asking amount. And he says, would you, you know, like some tea? Uh, offers him some tea. He takes some tea. He sits down. Once again, he sits down in a very sort of aristocratic way. He's, uh, um, Duke, he's noble somewhere. Um, uh, he says, uh, so, uh, my friend Edgar, you have, um, you want to start a bidding war, it would seem, on this scroll to see who can outbid whom. And uh, Wellington's like, oh, no, I, I didn't plan this. Mm. But you kind of get the feeling dead. And he says, um, well, let us see this scroll. He says, well, I don't, I don't actually have it here because it's very valuable. I have it in my bank, bank account, my, uh, uh, we call them a box. Safe deposit box. A safe deposit box. Um, I can fetch it, but it'll, I have a lot of things to do today, actually, anyways, before we do that. Perhaps we could get together um, at the uh, the Seven Stars Club this evening and um, discuss discuss it over drinks, discuss the price over drinks, and um, I can show it to you then. And uh, Desassant says, uh, "No, if if that is what we must do, uh, you are from America, yes." Uh, not originally. I'm uh, originally from uh, Berlin. I'm from Berlin. Mm -hmm. I, and I'm uh, originally from Argentina. Different from part of Argentina. America. Uh, two places I have. Uh, I've been to Berlin. I've been to Argentina. Um, would you, uh, uh, since uh, Mr. Ellington says that he needs to do some things, perhaps, uh, uh, is this your first time in Lausanne? It is. Yes. Have you had a chance to look around? Would you like uh, I could uh, show you around a bit? Oh. 
Uh, we uh, we went and saw the cathedrals. All we've seen so far. Ah, uh, you've seen the cathedral. You've seen uh, Otto the grandson. Yes, with the missing hands. Yes, yeah, uh, quite quite the shame. Have you um, have you uh, walked up to uh, Le Signal Park? No, it's up on the cliff. Um, it's a nice little walk, not too strenuous. Um, so you said he's kind of a heavy set guy. I'm I'm size seventy and not really in shape. Is he bigger than me? A little bit, maybe. Okay, so, uh, but he's he's wearing a suit that makes him look really good. Right. Uh, it's more of like tailored. He was talking about walking up steps. I was trying to judge. I was like, well, if he could do it, then I could probably. You probably could. Okay. <laughs> so um Wellington says, well then if you'll excuse me, I'll meet you at let's say eight o'clock, the uh seven, the seven star? stars seven stars club. Seven stars club. Uh, we uh we have kind of a little group that gets together. We often meet there and we uh have philosophical discussions and um uh Monsieur Desassant um, is quite knowledgeable in uh, occult matters and things like that. Oh. And uh, uh, he's part of one who piqued my interest uh, when I first arrived in uh, Switzerland. Oh, I, it should be a, a lovely thing to talk about. I'm well, I'm well versed in matters of religion and of the occult myself. Very well, Monsieur. Uh, Oh, gentlemen, if you'd like to accompany me, and he smiles. And um, can I roll a psychology on this guy? Sure. It's just his offer. Let's go walk up to this cliff real quick. Uh, <clears throat> Twenty on the dot is a pass, just barely. Well, you get the impression that. He himself seems to have been a little bit sidelined. He probably thought that he was going to be able to just come here and purchase the scroll. And uh, now he suddenly has competition, probably wants to feel you out, see uh, what he may be up against. <laughs> but he does kind of exude charm and sophistication. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as long as he doesn't mean this active harm, that's kind of what my main concern was. Push okay. off the cliff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, read, I read a few. I've read a few books recently that have made me it's a tad bit paranoid. So, yeah, what's uh, that sounds that sounds lovely. Um, it so does sound we'll lovely, gentlemen. Come. Have a very good time. I must bow out. I have a previous engagement I must attend to. Oh, oh. of course. I will. Uh, I will see you there. See you at the seven stars. The seven stars at our range time. Make sure Thank the you. other doctor knows about it. Duke Enchanté. Enchanté. Um, all right. So, Theodore, what are you going to do? I will uh, exit and cab it around to a cafe near the seven stars and read a paper and enjoy that until the meeting. I want to make sure 
in case he's leading us off on a wild goose chase and having his guy go and make the bid that we'll have representation there for that. Okay. Well, you'll have to ask around to see if you can find it, but uh, yeah, it's a short walk towards the center of town and you eventually find it. Yes. It's a pretty little cafe. Um, Merci. Of course, everybody sits inside right now because it's it's a little snowy and a little cold outside. I like the cold air. Bill's <laughs> character. So um, the Duke, um, he takes you for a walk. You uh, you know he points out the cathedral, though you've already been there, and mm. and some of the other sites. Um, uh, he takes you on this winding sort of pathway that goes up to a little. Uh, kind of a i'd say like a balustrade that's kind of on this cliff above the city and from there you can look down and see all of lausanne laid out in front of you you can see lake geneva um i huh. believe that geneva is actually on the other side of the lake so you could probably see the the twinkling lights because it's you know the sun's getting low on the horizon at this point hmm. and he says it is a beautiful city uh uh, Monsieur Wellington said that you were interested in the occult. Yes, what, I, uh, what fashion? I, I am a well, I'm a have a a doctorate in theology, and I teach classes on religion, folklore, and the occult um, in the United States. At, at which university? Uh, Miskatonic. Ah, Miskatonic. That is a well-known university in the occult fields. Yes, Indeed. it's a. Yeah. I'm quite proud of my position there. Well, my interest is more in a passing sort of fascination with the lore of, uh, of uh, mythology that people get into and the artifacts that they uh, associate with them. If I could find the Holy Grail, I'd probably stick it in my collection. And mm. Yeah, so that would be... <laughs> If there ever was a holy grail. Yes, I think you might, you'll find it uh, somewhere next to Excalibur. Yeah, it's mostly a uh, Germanic mythology that's kind of confused. Um, any particular reason why you're interested in this uh, this scroll? I'm just, I mean, uh, us, us professors, we have a nasty habit of not knowing how to relax or take vacations. Uh, my, my trip over to Europe is unfortunately on business um, trying to do some research projects and just looking at little little religious groups of you know the more obscure research one can do the better the more attention you'll make you know in a, an academic publication so is it something you stumbled upon or is it something that you uh, you knew previous to your arrival it is something that I that I've stumbled upon since arriving uh, arriving here, doing uh, doing some preliminary research and finding some obscure religions to research, and that's led me down to the path of the scroll. So, I mean, my my interest in it is is purely academic, um, and my interest in it is merely to preserve it for whatever future world may hold. Uh, I mean, I, perhaps we have a have a bit of an understanding. I mean, I it, if indeed it is original, if it's true, yeah. um, I find it 
disturbing to believe that uh, a man like Edgar Wellington, who, although he may be a very fine man of uh, some problems, uh, has just had it stuffed in a trunk somewhere in his uh, house. Hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah, safety yeah. deposit box, as he says. These old, well. these old documents, uh, they should certainly be in, in hands better suited to taking care of them. I, I, I would agree agree with you. Under, and under proper proper care. So, I mean, my, my primary concern as an academic is if, if the document is available uh, to study. That was my hope. Um, I was prepared to purchase it if that was required um, for study. But I mean, if if you if you do if it is genuine and you decide to purchase it, I would have no reason to bid against you for any reason. If if you would give me access to study, well, I have no time. direct knowledge of Persian or Arabic or whatever he says it's written in. Uh, um, I have to see it first. For all we oh. know, it's you know some modern concoction that was sold to tourists and. Yes, and uh, Wellington doesn't seem to be the uh, <laughs> the most. Uh... Well, he told me that he he purchased it from a fellow during the war. I think he told me the man's name. Um, Raoul Malon was the Ra name. Raoul. Quite a while ago, um, but it's been in his family for a while, but. Why he's carried this around with him, I don't know. Uh, let's uh, let's stroll hmm. down this way. Yeah. Raul, um, what was his last name? Malon, Malo, M A L O N. Um, he starts. You you guys stroll along here, and you've got this beautiful view, and then you start going back down uh, towards the town center, and uh, as as you're sort of arriving in the town center, he points out. Uh, that is the Seven Stars Club over there. Hmm. Um, and now if if I may bid you adieu, I have a number of appointments I need to make before I uh, I join you tonight. Hope of to course. I look forward to seeing you this evening. Thank you for the tour. Oh, you are most welcome. Hmm. And then he... Uh, says goodbye, shakes your hand, walks away. Now, um, Dr. Neruda, um, did you find it odd that Wellington said he was going to get the scroll from a safe deposit box on a Sunday? I mean, maybe uh, Swiss are not as religious as the Americans, but I found the American banks are all closed on Sundays. Well, I mean, wherever he's keeping it, bank or otherwise, um, I we unless we followed him. Well, I just, I just wonder. Yeah, it's probably just a ruse to try and drive the price up. But I found it curious how the Duke said that he was keeping it in the trunk. Also, probably Theodore. If you're sitting there in the cafe, you can see them outside. <laughs> oh. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, I just I I was at a nearby cafe, just kind of observing. Right. So, uh, sure. I'll. Uh, am I noticing any banks open by any chance? 
no, no way to get a line of credit because I've I've got I've got uh, from traveling abroad and frequently being in Europe, I'd have a couple accounts, but uh, if it's on a Sunday, I'm not sure if I'll be able to get any extra cash. So around this time, Dorian and Dr. Edison are probably arriving back at the hotel. Um, you could have probably left them a message to meet you at uh, where you are. So in that case, unless you guys want to do something else, you want to come and meet them. I'll just I'll call the hotel, our hotel, leave a message in the, in the lobby for our room for, uh, for anyone returning. Which Dr. York and Dr. Dorian. Yeah. We may or may not get the message because I come back into the hotel uh, quickly because I believe Dorian and, and Roland had stayed behind. Gentlemen, gentlemen, you won't believe what I found. I discovered a copy of Unexpected Quilton but I can't read it. It's in German. Oh, this is at the, at the library museum. Yes. 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 Uh, that may have a very good description of our uh, followers of the skinless one. Yes. It yeah. may contain information that we need. Unfortunately, so a- we can't check it out. So we've got to go and, and review it, research it there. And take any notes that we can uh, that we can discern. Yeah. I mean, we could both have a look at it. Yes, I think if we make this a you're, you're uh, more knowledgeable in the language, but I I know. I think if we make this a group study, I can take the notes as you dictate. I will take notes as the two of you pour over it. Yeah. So it's a matter of how much time we have for. We get the agreed upon meeting that we all check in with the hotel and find out what happens with the scrolls. So first question for me, Tom, is how did the gambling go at the casino? Good luck, Paul. Ha ha, 13 is an extreme success for my 60 luck. If it was extreme in luck. I probably went with you because obviously we were together. So. <laughs> I was not lucky. I rolled the 99. <laughs> yeah, you lost, you won. No, you lost big. <laughs> I lost. Sorry, you must stop. You cannot keep on red. You have to, you can't just keep doubling on red. There's no system. I, I am new to this. I do not gamble. Play a game of skill for God's sake, man. Um, so, um, you're back at the hotel, obviously, um, you've conferred, um, what do you want to do? Uh, this is a matter of game timing. Yeah. Do we have an hour to study before we have to meet them or two hours? Does the library close early on Sunday? I I don't think you know about that yet because Dr. Oh, I mean, this is when York comes back. I think we're more or less gambling until York comes to get us. Right. Uh, And so York will have found out what, how like, you know, the library is open and tells us that there's a, you know, a valuable book. Right. And I assume someone has the sense to leave us a a note at the hotel that we have a meeting. It actually is probably the library is now closed. Okay. 
because it's about six o'clock. Well, we're spending the night in AY, and Monday is probably a good day for study. So that's a good thing to know. So if you uh, check for messages, you do find uh, your friends. And this is perfect. We can go and sit at a different table, and no one will. And if any funny business happens with the scroll or this, uh, you know, if, yeah, we will find out what we find out. But that way we have two groups. We have some flexibility. Yes. It sounds like very suspicious, this sad man Wellington and his brother and this duke who has deep yes. pockets. But mm. just see where to go with, I guess. <laughs> if it's if I didn't say it before, um, Wellington looks like he's maybe 50 years old. Um his brother doesn't look that old, but you'd still guess that his brother's in his 40s. Um, the Duke, Duke Jean Florissant de Zassant is probably looks like he's in his mid 30s. Um, even though he's a little hefty, he still looks. Yeah. And he looks like he has deep pockets. Yeah. Very nice. So they would, have been, they would have been fairly older when the war broke out. Also, a lot of uh, royalty in in this time were struggling financially to keep estates going and such. So their their pockets may not be quite as deep as one no. may assume. Although, as if the Duke is Swiss, the Swiss did very well from the war. We have lots of pockets. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So you arrive at. Um, uh, the Club Seven Stars. Um, it's actually Club Sept Etoile, which is in French. It's, uh, it's Club, Club Seven Stars. Um, perhaps uh, Dorian and uh, Edison, you and I will go there at 7.40, so we are seated already and don't have to make an entrance when the gathering commences. Okay. Good call. Um, so as you guys are sitting there to kill time, um, everybody do spot hiddens. In including me, since I'm there already? Or? Yeah. Um, Especially the authors. That is a success. Regular, regular. I've got a 15, which is a hard. I could spend it down to an extreme. You don't have Plus. to okay. spend it down. Standard pass. So to kill time, those of you who passed, you're picking up newspapers and you're reading. Um, there's always, it's a very international town, so you can find something in your in a language that you know. Um, you guys are chit-chatting about the various things that you see in the newspaper. And it suddenly, you start to notice that there are a lot of reports in the newspaper lately about suicides. Hmm. That the suicide rate in Lausanne has drastically increased for some reason. Some people account that it's the winter. The suicide rate usually does go up, but there seem to have been quite a few suicides lately. 
Do, do uh, any of the stories have similarities uh, amongst them that we're seeing? Yeah, is there a pattern in the victims? Are they uh, same gender, same age, same area of town? I mean, there are some similarities only because they are suicides. Um, but there are enough uh, differences that uh, you, know, you can't really group them all into one thing, other than the fact they all committed suicide. Some of them and were fairly young. Some of them were older. The, the, uh, the modus operandi or the, the method of death is um, uh, also varying quite a bit. Yeah, some people hung themselves. Probably more people hung themselves than anything else mm. um, uh, from the rafters or whatever. But there's a couple people who shot themselves and or cut their through, get their wrists. Mm. Seems like a rather morbid thing to be yeah. hearing. In the, in the Does it give an indication of when the trend was first noticed to be going up? Last few months. Okay. Yeah. They all didn't happen to bid against the Duke in an auction. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Turns out all of them ordered a pastry from the cafe. From Club uh, Septuatois. <laughs> uh, they, they, yeah, they were all visitor silos on who ate. <laughs> so tell me where each tell me where you are physically each of you uh, I was going to be uh, with Ga Gabrielle uh, Dr. Neruda Nyan, probably unless he, he wanted to sit somewhere else probably near the actual bar so you're not in the, in the it's a cafe in the cafe oh, okay then yeah sitting just at a a table in the cafe then. Okay. If uh, Thursby was already here when uh, York and Dabrowski and I arrived, I assume he was sitting at a window to be watchful, and we, if the table is big enough, we joined him. Okay. Well, he's sitting in another cafe. So. Yeah. I, my, he's across my, the street. Yeah. yeah. My plan was to sit across the street or nearby, and when I see Gabriel and Gunther come and arrive, I'll go and move to join them since okay. I was already seen with them earlier. So okay. as they come in, I join them wherever they are. And we nice. want to be close enough that we can be considered part of the same party and contribute if need be for the uh, auction. So are you all sitting in the cafe then? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I don't know if you need to be. Yeah, you, I can think just that hand us, you can just hand us money ahead of time. Yeah, I also think that probably they'll they will a check would be involved for a large sum. Yeah. yeah. So I think we want we separated in part to be anonymous. I think we should take a table before they arrive, sit you know, with our back as the kitchens, we could watch everything and be anonymous okay. and intervene if we must. We all I mean we also have the big account full we have of money. A chunk of money from Smythe. It's not Oh, that's right. Yep, that we yep. all have access to. So we have bidding. We have plenty of bidding it's potential. Not, the, the, the money is only a small matter. How much was that account? I forgot. Was that ten thousand? Ten thousand, I think pounds. It was it, it was it was a large amount. Yeah, oh. it was like I, fifty thousand dollars. 
I probably wouldn't sit. I don't. I Debraska would want to sit outside. Because a cafe, I've chairs outside. It is mid-January. It's cold in winter. Okay, yeah. They might not have chairs outside in mid-January. Yeah, no. I don't. Want, I'm not going to sit with. I'm going to sit separately by myself. Look! Look at that man sitting over on the table. He's covered in snow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, crazy. I just sat down sitting outside. Do, do you know the worst? I would probably do that myself <laughs> in real is, life. Is that man hugging a duffel bag? Is the question. Local <laughs> <laughs> uh, man I, spotted I, with statue arm. I do have oh, it, God. but I'll probably be in the op- I will be in the opposite corner to where Kurz hmm. and York are, because I don't want to just maybe reading a newspaper or something. Really, you can't carry a duffel bag around Lausanne without making quite a spectacle of yourself. Yeah. I think this is the it kind might, of thing you leave might be in a could be in a briefcase or something. I don't know. We might have. I, I can't fit my arm in a briefcase. <laughs> and, and the arm is big, isn't it? Like, oh yeah, it's, it's a big size. Itself is it's nice. unless, unless I had a guitar case, but yeah. then I would look even more. No, we probably left it, and I would have left. And then if somebody asked you to play Wonderwall, that. it'd get really awkward. <laughs> I would have left it securely <laughs> in um, the hotel. Mm-hmm. Okay, so all discussion aside. Who's all sitting at the same table? Gunter, myself, and Thursby are yeah. at the okay. same table. And then somebody's the also there, but at another table nearby. Yeah. Yeah, I'm alone at Except for Dorian, who's too cool for school, sitting mm-hmm. in the corner, looking like I'm a mysterious stranger. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm just reading the newspaper, looking not nice and normal. So right about um Oh, 10 till 8 or so. As you're sitting there, uh, a young-looking man, looks like he's maybe 25 or so. He's dressed in a kind of a light blue suit, has blonde hair and blue eyes. Uh, He's tall, thin. Um, He comes walking into the cafe, and he looks around, and he uh, glances over at uh, Gabriel, and um, he gets a, a big smile on his face, and he walks over and he says, uh, "Pardon me, are are you Gabriel Neruda?" Uh, I am. Ah, uh, and he uh, he introduces himself. Uh, I'm uh, Maximilian von Witherheim. Uh, and he, as he's saying that, shakes your hand. He sort of positions himself and gets into a seat. Um, he says. Um, I'm one of the sort of members of the little philosophical club that our friends, uh, the Duke and uh, Edgar Wellington belong to. Um, I just was in contact with them. Both of them have uh, some business difficulties at the moment, and they said they'll join us shortly. Hmm. Uh, They just wanted me to tell you that. Where are you all from? Uh, Berlin. I've been I'm there from, many times. I've been. Uh, I'm from Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires. Never been there. He says, "I guess I should uh, tell you more about myself." Uh, well, 
as I told you, my name is uh, Maximilian von Weatherheim. Uh, I was uh, born uh, to a rather um, uh, destitute family in Prussia. Uh, and uh, he starts to tell you this story. And, uh, you know, he orders some cafe and some drinks and some stuff for the table. And, um, he's the kind of a person who... Once he gets started telling a story, it's a rather fascinating story, and you can't get a word in edgewise. Uh, he's very animated. You can all kind of do psychology on this guy. No. Fail. This time, nothing. Fail. Those of you at the other table, you're listening in. So you Eavesdropping, I've got a 19, which is a regular success. I got a hard success. Okay. Well, the doc, Dr. Edison, you're a little confused about it. Um, but after a while of listening to this guy, and his stories are very bright and compelling and interesting, he seems to have had a rich and crazy life. It starts to feel like everything that he's saying has been rehearsed a number of times, you know, like he knows how to tell a story and he knows how to tell a very compelling kind of story. And before you, you realize it, I mean, because you're so distracted by this guy's chitter chatter, uh, it's 830, it's nine o'clock. And... Uh, there's a sant and uh, Wellington have it shown up. Hmm. Good bit. I go, um, pardon me. Uh, you yeah. Uh, what kind of trouble were they, they in? I mean, they, oh, I don't know. They just said that they had some business arrangements that they were willing to make, that they were coming here to discuss some sort of, uh, they were going to discuss the price on something that you wanted to buy. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of that time that I was in uh, the Congo and he starts in telling another story. Oh, yes, yes. yes. The, con the Congo. Uh, it uh, becomes difficult once again yeah. to get a word. In I use myself and go to the door and look back and forth out in the street. Okay. Uh, you don't, I mean, there's a few people wandering about and, and so forth. Um, uh, how far are we from was this cafe from the taxidermist shop? Well, you walked from the taxi taxidermist up to the hill and then back down again. So mm -hmm. it's probably not that far, maybe mm -hmm. 10 minutes walk. Um, I'm going to indulge in my German, my, my rude Germanist and just get up and walk out. <laughs> oh. Um, as you start to do that, uh, he's like, well, gentlemen, I, I don't know where they are. Uh, perhaps uh, uh, perhaps they'll come later. The cafe's open till midnight. We're often here until then. Where is the... Uh, where is the rest of your club? Well, this isn't usually the night that we meet. 
Usually uh, we meet on Tuesdays. Um, if you'll excuse me for a moment, I'm going to use the restroom or the whatever they call it. A toilet. The loo. <laughs> I'll walk and he over gets up and, and he he leaves and goes towards the restroom. Is yeah, that like on the far side of the cafe? Yeah, kind of. You know, the way they kind of towards the back. I walk over to Kurt's right now and sit down with York and Kurt's. And... Batman is a terrible actor. <laughs> this is weird. It's it's like he's trying to stall us or something. Yeah. Uh, has, has Bloch left? Yeah, I'm walking toward the door and I try and... Uh, so I didn't want him to see me make eye contact tact with you, but I kind of let go. Uh, a little, right. Yeah, a little I won't recognize so. him, but uh, at least two of us should go. Yeah. Yeah. When when you get to the door, Gunther, I'm gonna circle around to the other side, exterior of the cafe, around to where the bathroom window might be, and just kind of hang out, maybe uh, stretch the legs, stay there for five minutes. All right, so as you all are sort of, they're not all getting up, but as some of you are getting up and so forth, um, I would like you, uh, I would like those of you still sort of in the cafe to do a spot hidden. Oh, 76 is a failure. <laughs> Hard success. Okay. Just a pass. I can spend three to make it hard, but Edison has it. Okay. All right. So Theodore, you you've moved into into the restaurant back towards the the restrooms, and you're sort of you know watching and waiting. Are you outside? Yeah. The goal was to be outside, kind of like where the windows of the restrooms might let out in the back door. Just kind of you know get some fresh air and make sure somebody's not trying to sneak out the back. Okay. By the time you get there, Theodore, um, you hear an odd noise just before you come around the corner towards the back of the restaurant. And it sounds like a door closing. Car Um, door? No, just like the door on the building, maybe. Um, Dr. Edison, you're sitting there. You're still there in the cafe. Um, and just about this time, the waiter comes over to your table with the bill. And, uh, as he's giving you the bill and it's a considerable amount of money considering the stuff that got ordered on the table, um, Dr. Edison, you're looking out of the cafe and you're pretty sure that Maximilian von Wertherheim has just gotten to that street corner, turned the corner, and started walking away. So he must have gone out the back door. All right. He's left well, you guys with the bill. Oh, and I just missed him. <laughs> let's settle this bill. So I tell everyone, hey, I, I just saw Maximilian. He He's 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 running away. He, he escaped. And I say, go, go after him. I'll take care of the bill. Go, 
follow him and I'll catch up. Um, I, yeah. Is he going, is he going toward the taxidermy shop or the other way? Damn. I just wanted to go to the way. Want to go to the shop, but, but do, as, do I see him as, since as, I'm on the outside? No, because you're kind of blocked by the other buildings on either side. Okay. Got it. As soon as uh, Dr. Edison said that, I'll break into a uh, go, run go, go, as go. best as I can. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll start counting I'll bills. Follow gonna, I'll follow Block because I have a bit of pace on me. So okay. if some follow Maximilian, if that's his name, some should go to the taxidermist and see. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the Theodore if you want to go with me to the taxidermist. All right, certainly. Well, this all, you, you don't have, yeah, I mean, you don't really need enough time to split up. So those of you who run across the street to that street corner and you run around the corner, by that time, you don't know where he's gone. Um, he could have gone any, to the any, building. Any- any chance to do tracking to see if he's left any? Uh... There's there's footprints everywhere because people yeah. walk around all day. Um, I should have. I knew he was going to do something. I should have acted. Hmm. When a man speaks for that long and about nonsense. So Theodore comes out from behind the building, says that he thinks he's he may have gone out the back door. Um, <laughs> and you guys are all kind of at that moment standing right in front of the cafe. Uh, there's snow on the ground. Well, where's this? Where's this? Uh, uh, didn't you say it was a, a taxidermy shop? Yeah. Is it far way. from here? It's, it's, not it's about, far. Not about far. ten minutes that way. All right, let's go. He was he was delaying us for something from Some something. Are they con men, or did they make another deal? Or I mean, I think they're very bad at being con men, other than making us pay for Maximilian's dinner. Yeah. If, if either of the Wellington brothers is alive, uh, I will return my winnings to the casino. Mm. Should a couple of us stay here just in case they do come just late with a good reason why they might be late? Or... No, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't think they will be attending. All right. Yeah, I doubt they'll be at the taxidermy shop either, but we might as well go and check. It would seem that if you walk straight towards the taxidermy shop, you would meet them on the road coming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. All right. right. Let's press. Press on. Oh, yes. So um, you travel along the road and... uh, you get to where you, you get to where you turn the corner and you can see there's the taxidermy shop kind of across the street. There are no lights on. And as you come up to the door, you can see there is a closed sign hung on the door. Uh, is it locked? I assume it's locked. It's locked. Um is there an easy way to get to the uh, alley? Should we, should we knock? To the alley? Yes, there, there's a fairly easy way to get back there. Yeah, knock and ring. There will be no answer. You knock, there's no answer. We will see if there's an easy way in the back. Yeah. Uh, Notice also knock. that it's about probably about going on 10 o'clock now. Yeah. And uh, so it's quiet, too. 
Did we notice a car that uh, they had before? No. It's very unlikely. I'll go around back to the alley. All right. I'll go with. Um, the alley has, of course, a number of ash cans, trash cans. Um, there's uh, there's some, you know, nasty-ish smells coming from that direction, probably because they're taxidermy place. And yeah. It's a good thing it's cold. Right. Um, uh, there is a back door with a light on, you know, next to the back door. Um, but it's mm -hmm. also locked. You knock it on the window. A, has a glass window in it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. No answer. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you'll do me the favor, Gunter, of uh, unlocking the locked door, we will go inside and find the bodies. And then being a Swiss national, I will be the one to uh, invite the authorities in. Okay. Uh, I'll try and pick the door. You can't pick locks. You do a magic trick. No, no, no! I, 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 I pick I cards. Books and... about this Houdini. He does everything with the lock pick. Yeah, I, I know. I, <laughs> I, I, I have some experience with locks. <laughs> like, all right, I, 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 I the archaeologist will slowly scrape away. I have forty in locks. So oh, yes, yeah. I might. He have has a to little... unlock all those Egyptian too. Uh, that's, that's how. Exactly. That's, that's how I'll, I'll use my magic. Dorian, right. come here. I'll give it a go. My wonderful and lovely assistant. <laughs> the, the Polish archaeologist. Ooh, uh, I, I have 40. I rolled a 42. We'll spend the look. We'll spend okay. the two looked. <laughs> Without much difficulty, you managed to unlock it. And it clicks. Easy, easy. And uh, the door opens. Uh, you do it, it's dark inside. Yes, I guess this. Uh, are there gas fixtures? Um, no, or they, they had electric light. Yeah. Okay. So we we maybe pull a shade down and then go room to room. Do you have Do you have flashlights? I'm not carrying a flashlight to the casino and to dinner. All right. So do um. Yeah. We'll call it. I, I guess do a luck roll. It's more or less to see how how much you have to fiddle around to see if you can find the lights. Who has the lowest luck, or is it is it group? Is it a group? I just roll? met Doctor Roland since he was talking about. Yeah, it. I'm. I rolled a uh, regular, a uh, fine luck, thirty six for sixty. Okay, so you eventually you find a light uh, light switch and pop it on, and the room that you're in it looks like it's a workroom. Uh, there's a number of partially taxidermied animals. Um, kind of frightening looking when they're in that state that you know the skin's yeah. been pulled off and there's a couple things hung up and but you can see there's there's some doors that obviously lead to other parts of the the shop there's no obvious disarray nothing is knocked over no nothing in particular yeah i think we should be quick i don't i have i don't expect to find anything good so we'd be efficient please uh, if there's, I'll take the leftmost door if there are, okay, or the largest door, or I'll so go very, for very, it. very quickly, you determine there's basically four rooms. Okay. There's a storage room where there are barrels of chemicals and, and various things that they need for taxidermy. There's the work room, 
there's uh, the storefront and the you know, the store itself and the mm-hmm. stairs going up. Yeah, that's where yeah. I was going to go to the stairs. And when I you turn they... on the lights, you turn on all the, the lights on the bottom floor go on. Uh, the the windows are already pulled closed, most of them. So. Everything is peaceful and still. Yep. We find the bodies upstairs. All uh, right. So you're go. going upstairs. Yep. I go up the sips. Yeah, I'm so, going to go with, I, I go with Gunther upstairs. Okay. So the layout of the upstairs was two bedrooms, um, a kitchenette area, and uh, kind of a living space. Uh, so as you come upstairs, uh, you once again have to look for the light switch. You flip the light switch on. And almost immediately, uh, you notice a large pool of blood on the floor in the kitchen area. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go to... Yeah, when... Um... We didn't have an indication of whose bedroom was who when we visited. Uh-uh. Uh, I'll go to the nearest bedroom. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to be in the room. Yeah. Uh, I'm going for the dresser. Yeah. yeah I, I want to, if there's, uh, if he's going to that first, like the first door, I'll go to the next. Okay. Gentlemen, I think the plan is we give a cursory search for the scrolls, which I are probably stolen. I think we have 10 or 15 minutes before I think we should use the shop what phone to telephone the police. I mean, these work, there were several active projects they were working on, including that damaged bear. Mm. I'll check the, the bear for the scroll. Yeah. Okay. I, I may have not made myself very clear, but you notice a large quantity of blood in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you move into the kitchen area, stepping uh, not in the blood puddle, if possible, you're pretty sure that it's William, mm-hmm. who is face down in the puddle of blood. Yeah. Um, but he's still moving. Ah. Oh. Oh. If he's Doctor. injured, <laughs> if he's injured, I, I I rush to him. Okay. Um. And but while this is going on, just to be clear, I'm outside. I, my plan was to basically keep a lookout. If anyone starts returning, I loudly say, there you are, to warn everyone else inside. Okay. <laughs> hi <laughs> So William has had a blow to the back of his head. Um, looks like with something heavy. Uh, you're pretty sure his skull is cr- cracked, crushed in part. Um, you notice a couple of odd things too, but you're a doctor. You're uh, you're used to these things. You're pretty sure he had some metal plates in his head, probably from the war. Uh, part of an edge of one of them is sort of sticking out of his skull. Um, he's make he he can't talk, but he's. Uh, you know, sort of half moaning in pain. Uh, and uh, he, he's not in control of his, you know, faculties at this point. Would it be first aid to try and stabilize him? Try and get it? 
I don't think it's possible at this okay. point. If you can make him comfortable at all, I'm looking for a marker and paper for him. Yeah, I, I'm going to try and, and comfort him as best as possible. Right. You saw where he kept uh, the paper and the, and the markers. Um, well, neither of us were here the first time. <laughs> well, oh, I am here right. with you. And I know <laughs> okay. <where they> are. <laughs> but um, uh, by the time you locate them and want to see if he can write anything, he stops twitching. Um, who was going to the bedrooms? I was. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Gunter, uh, do a luck roll for me. Okay. Uh, pass. Okay. So, the first bedroom that you go to, you open it up and uh, you immediately realize this this is this is Edgar's room because mm-hmm. Edgar is lying on the bed. Okay. Edgar is on his back, um, uh, his head on a pillow. Uh, he's fully dressed. Um, and his arms are just sort of at his sides, you know, just there. Um, and as you look at him, you're pretty sure he's not breathing i'm still gonna go up there and uh you know put my uh two fingers on where his artery would be he's physically he's physically cold and you don't feel anything okay what do you do uh well my intent was to to, if he's already cold, then that tells me. Well, I mean, you've dead. got a doctor in the other room. <laughs> yeah, I, but he's he's cold. I, I yell, I yell. There's another one in here. And then I go to the dresser. Um. So, Doc, if you come in this room, go ahead and do a medical examination. Okay. Um, so for that, use medicine. Uh. Yeah. What in the hail? Push it. <laughs> yes, I'm going to push it. <laughs> oh, wait, I can. I fumbled, right? I rolled a 99, right? So I can still push that, right? Sure. Okay. If we'll, you if you fail, though, there'll be some interesting consequences. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, something caused me to, to slip. And, and I almost, uh, I almost did something, you know, damaging or possibly evidence destructing. So I'm going to take a breath and approach the body again to see about, uh, checking cause of death and anything like that. Okay. Much, much better. That is a hard success. Okay. So, uh, Gunter and Dr. Edison are in the room. How about everybody else? I, I, we know theater is outside. Uh, I guess I'm in the I'm in the kitchen with the corpse of William. Yeah, I, I had the paper yeah. and pen in my hands, and I don't know exactly what. When yeah, when I'm out, my gun out. <laughs> With William uh, at peace at last, I uh, and the others checking bedroom and hearing that 
not surprisingly, Edgar is already dead. I think you have a good idea, Neruda, that we should look in the shop. Yeah, they were, there were some works in progress down there, including yeah. a damaged bear, it seems. I mean, Because we, we have no way to trace the false duke and the uh, Maximilian person, although we will go to the cafe. So I guess if, if, I was, if I was going to hide something in here, I would hide it in one of my animals, I yeah. think. And I'm checking the one of the Swiss clocks in the apartment because I think we want to have, we want to call the police sooner than later before we are found here. And we just say that we had a meeting, so they didn't come, we found the back door unlocked, we found the bodies. We have no reason to be suspected. But we, if we are an hour here turning everything upside down and cutting up the pillows, then we will be in Swiss prison. So chop, chop. Okay. So you go downstairs and you're starting through the uh, through the collection, um, and you're not finding much. Um, Gunter and Doctor Edison. Doctor Edison, um, you're looking at this person. You realize that there are some bottles uh, on uh, the night table nearby, uh, along with uh, what looked like maybe a syringe. Um, you check the man's arms and you can see on his left arm, he has a number of track marks on his arm, two of which look fairly fresh, like he's injected himself with something. However, oddly, you also notice on his other arm, in a kind of an odd spot, a single uh, injection hole, mm. which would have been, if he's obviously right-handed, it would have been difficult for him to actually have given him that himself that shot. Is the bottle labeled? There are two bottles. One of them is labeled Morphia. Okay. okay. Other bottle is kind of a queer looking little dispenser bottle. Uh, and next to it is a spoon. And the spoon seems to have a bit of greenish residue in the, uh, in the bowl of the spoon. And there is a little ribbon tied around the bottle. And it says, Dream Lausanne. Hmm. Odd, very odd. Gunter. Mm. Um, I, I quick question about the spoon. Mm -hmm. Does the spoon look like it was uh, used for um, like feeding, or does the spoon have uh, evidence of being burned or anything crystallized in, like like it was it was like a hot pan? You know, right. No, it was. It looks like it was just like somebody poured cough medicine in it and drank it. Okay. But it is very obvious that whatever the liquid is in Dream Lausanne is the liquid that's in the spoon. Okay. So it must be something he imbibed. Um, hmm. Gunter, as you yep. are looking around, um, uh, immediately you notice that there is a journal and a pen uh, next to the bed. 
And I'd like you to do a spot hidden for me. Uh, you know. Not even nope. close. <laughs> um, so with that, I think that's a good spot to end it. And we'll pick up with the journal and the continued mystery next time. Our players included Morgan Llewellyn, David Gassaway, Stuart Lively, Keith Craig, Josh Harwood, and John Hook, with yours truly as the Keeper of the Secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members, you can set up private games, and you can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answer any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.